0: Letters keep coming and going while they are, your quotation separated, while they're working in different areas. Um, and Ellen's giving James advice, wifely advice. You know, you need to take care of your health. You need to be doing this. Are you eating right? Are you getting enough sleep? Etc. Etc. Uh, it, it drives it drives James crazy, and he says he writes back and he says, "I have a good." Head on my shoulders and I plan on using it. I don't need your advice all the time. But then after you know really laying this out, he says something very telling. He says, I, you know, I don't want to hear anything more about you know you telling me how to run my life. Unless you have a revelation from God, then please don't withhold it. I want to know.
1: The Lineage Journey podcast, unscripted conversations that aim to help you on the journey of discovering your lineage. Join us as we take a deeper look into past lineage episodes and see the lessons we can learn for today.
2: I'd like to welcome you all to the Lineage Journey podcast. We've been going on our journey through Christian history, through the Reformation, also through episodes of Adventist history as well. Today we have a guest with us that comes all the way from Washington, D.C. or Maryland, sorry, area, we have Chantel Klingbeil. She is the Associate Director of the White Estate Situated at the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: You did help (laughs) us a lot with our lineage journey season two with information as to what we could record and just stories to cover and things like that. So I really appreciate your input in lineage and Helping us out with our season two in the past, and we're glad that you're with us here to record with us at the uh, called convention here in Kentucky. So, is there anything else about your bio or yourself that you'd like to share? Your background, a little bit, maybe.
0: Well, you'll probably pick up on the accent. That's probably the first thing. Okay, I, I, it's a South African accent. Uh huh. Although I'm, my relatives in South Africa tell me I'm losing it, but apparently <laughs> it's still it's still there.
3: It's so yeah. yes,
0: South African born, okay. but uh, I've lived in. Uh, South America and in the US
2: now too. All right. Well, we're glad you're here with us. So the subject we're going to cover today is actually one of our highest viewed lineage episodes. Mm. And it's the subject of James and Ellen White's marriage. Not, I think it was yourself who suggested we do that episode, if I'm correct, because it wasn't really on our radar. And I'm glad that we did because, like you say, it seems to strike a nerve with the people who watch and with the audience out there. So... Let's go right back to the beginning with this. They get married, I think it's in the 1840s mm-hmm. somewhere. So how did they meet? How did they get married and, in the first place? And I think they were both relatively young, if
4: I'm correct.
0: Yes, they, they were, at least by our standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, by their standards, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too young. It was just young. normal. Yeah. yeah. Um. Ellen was married. Well, James and Ellen were married in 46, 1846, in August of 1846. Okay. So that would make her. Let's see, she was seventeen in forty four, so she would be. She was nineteen, 19 uh, which which was a good ripe age for 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 those times. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, right after basic schooling for women, it was marriage, or very few could go on into careers. Mm-hmm. There were very very okay. few careers. Um, so, how did they meet? Well, they met around around ministry. Okay, James was a, a Millerite preacher, mm-hmm. uh, a very dynamic man. I think there's an interesting um, personality blend that you have there because James was really a type A personality. He mm. was really on fire. He had so much energy. He was uh, quite a bit taller than Ellen and was okay. a bit shorter than him. And she was very shy and retiring. And he was, you know, out there, really uh, dynamic. So um, apparently he noticed her before she noticed him. Okay. So she had already, what he had seen uh, at one of his meetings, this um, shy, quiet girl uh, who had the special gift. And he was intrigued by this and he took note of of this.
2: So he knows that she's a prophet? or Yes. Gift of prophecy, right?
0: Yes, that she has the gift of prophecy and he offers it's kind of an interesting story that when you would think that as a girl, uh, that having the gift of prophecy would probably not be a big asset to your popularity levels. Mm-hmm. And in many ways it wasn't. But there were several young men uh, and older men that suddenly decided that they needed to help and assist her in her <laughs> ministry at the time. Interesting. And uh, there was one young man, apparently, who saw potential for getting fame and influence through her. And she was actually warned in a dream that that man was not to be trusted. Uh, and she was also told that she could trust James. So okay. that, that was something going for James, hmm. a recommendation. Um, but not for marriage. Both of them had no marriage plans on just to do ministry together for, ministry for... together and they were very careful um, how old
2: was he at the time so she's 19 yes. she's 17 18 yeah
0: he was um, under correction but I think he was I- about five six years older okay she's than probably her.
2: 25 or so 24
0: 5 I was thinking 23 I'd have to oh, check okay. I'd have to check his, his, okay, his, no problem, his but age this, again yeah but there was an age difference not well, a big one but he, mm-hmm. he was definitely older than her uh but remember a young woman never travelled without a chaperone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just wasn't done. It just put a whole smear on the whole enterprise of whatever you were doing. Mm. Uh, so she needed to have a chaperone. She always went with a sister, her sister or another female. Okay. Um, but then you needed, needed a man to. You needed on. a man because you, it's practical to 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 drive the 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 the, the buggy to mm-hmm. harness and unharness. Uh, etc. It was practical. So they drove around a lot together and despite being very careful uh, to always have a chaperone with them, rumors started spreading. And it reached her mom. Her mom was really upset and said, Ellen, you've got to come home. Um, I know there's nothing going on, but this is terrible for the whole family. Mm -hmm. This is a a real problem. Um, By then, James felt really strongly that she needed, he wanted to to help her, protect Mm -hmm. her, um and so both of them then started thinking about marriage so it wasn't really romance first mm-hmm. it was, it was sort of practical okay. But i think there must have been a little something there sure sure especially from james's uh, side uh so they started thinking about it james had a lot to swallow because he had written an article in the the the, the, the church paper uh, just a year before condemning out loud uh uh, um, an advent couple i mean i can't call them well adventist Mm -hmm. because there's no formal church but um a young couple that got married and he said how can you be thinking of marriage when we're living in end times this is this is denouncing (laughs) your faith by this act
3: sure uh so he he
0: had to eat his words uh pretty pretty soon after there's
2: probably a few people listening that can resonate with that (laughs) as well not gonna get married not gonna get married and then (laughs)
0: <laughs> then it turns out that it's a good thing yeah it's yeah. a good thing and it certainly was for for both of them
2: okay so they get married in the 1846 it's the church hasn't formed yet it's just a fledgling movement in many ways going through a lot of splits or division and formation and, and all the rest so they're living if i'm correct in new england what would have early married life have been like like they're there's not a church for them to work for, mm-hmm. but they're still trying to get something going. What did it? What did work look like? What did marriage look? What, what was life like? I mean, it was
0: tough. Hmm. If if I could summarise it, tough. Hmm. Uh, right from the beginning. I mean, they they get married before a, a commission of oaths because there's no church to get married mm-hmm. in. I mean, they've been thrown out of their churches. Yeah. So th- that kind of sets a precedent for for what's happening. They they live for a little while with with Ellen's parents, okay. Uh, but there seems to be some tension when James and Ellen accept the Sabbath, okay. Uh, when they start studying uh, the track, when they accept the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and uh, th- th- there seems to be some issues there. Uh, they don't have a place of their own. They don't have furniture. They 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 haven't set up house, so they end up moving in with some friends. Um, they it's tough it's tough Hmm. going financially james is working to try to get something what kind of work does he do anything and everything that he Hmm. can get his hands on he's he's doing uh hay harvesting Mm -hmm. he's laying railway um
3: track track or or what do you call
0: them the 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 wooden parts Yeah, yeah um it's hard heavy physical work um it's sometime in here he also has a leg injury and, and that slows things down. But he's out there. He's working. And you think the bulk, they work really hard. Mm-hmm. This is a New England mentality. They're not, as, not afraid of work. Mm-hmm. They're working hard. But um, the money that they're getting, very little is going towards building up a home or, 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 or living for mm-hmm. them. It's going into travel. Mm-hmm. There's little companies all over that are that have heard that that Ellen has messages mm-hmm. of encouragement and they
2: wanted to speak and they
0: wanted to speak, and so they invite, but they don't pay, <laughs> so <laughs> Ellen and James have to pay their own way to go to these different mm. places um I find it really touching I mean a, a year later, they have their first child, and she writes um about having to choose between uh saving on on having milk for herself to drink cuz you know she's 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 breastfeeding on having some milk mm-hmm. so that she can give give the baby good nutrition or if she has to wait and with that money buy a piece of cloth to make a little jacket for the baby wow that's how tight money is hmm. at the time because it's going into ministry' So
2: today we would probably call them self-supporting
0: or oh yeah hundred percent but so was everyone
2: they were all doing that because yes. there's no there was no, no organizing system or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. so so they're working full-time living on a portion of their income but put in as much as they can into the work to get
0: get things going
2: but I guess they didn't really have a vision we're going to start an organization they just Mm-mm. Getting people ready for Jesus' return. Getting
0: getting people ready for Jesus' return and and following the invitations where they come. Trying mm. to strengthen and sometimes in vision she's actually you know given messages for certain companies or certain mm. people, uh, and and that's what she that's what they then do. Yeah,
2: they're living still right now in is it Portland, Topsom area, Brunswick? Well, they
0: keep moving around. They are with, with friends. Area. Yeah, they're okay. still up there in, in okay. the New England area.
2: So some of the challenges they faced. I mean, you've mentioned a few of them would have been just hard work and tough work as it relates to their marriage. Do they have any challenges early on? Just
0: off the bat.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm guessing that getting married and beginning with nothing would be kind of challenging. Yeah. Uh, We don't hear much about it because um, as I say, I mentioned this, this couple of diary Mm -hmm. entries here and there, a couple of letters. Um, But I think that, it's high stress. It's high stress. Traveling is stressful. You know, pregnancy and childbirth is stressful as how, is. How
2: soon after marriage did they have kids, roughly?
0: The next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, there isn't birth control yeah, sure. either. Um, and so it, it's stressful and it changes the dynamic of the family. Now, they're not only responsible for themselves as a couple. They've got little little, little Henry. Mm. And um, they've got to provide for him as well while continuing their ministry.
2: So how do they handle, I mean, the question a lot of pastors will have today is ministry and family. How do they handle their traveling itinerant schedule with having a young child? Do they take him with them, leave him behind? Or you know, what do mm-hmm. they do? Leave him with the parents?
0: They left him with friends. Okay. Um, for the most part, especially during during the winter months when they could travel best,
3: mm-hmm.
0: that happened best during winter. Summer, you worked and earned money more mm. and the long cold winters were time for traveling and preaching assignments. You couldn't take a, a tiny tot with you on, yeah, a, on, a, yeah. on a sleigh for hours in below freezing. Um, so this was... For Ellen, the toughest thing when when Henry was born, she took it as an excuse to get out of her ministry. Oh,
3: she actually
0: said, "I'm so happy now I can try and make my little nest and not my ministry and um Henry actually got sick, and then she got a fright, and um she said, "Well." I I don't want to. God has given me this ministry. I must be selfish and just think of myself. Wow. Um,
2: that uh, kind of gives you an indication of what her maybe deep mm-hmm. motherly desire was. Oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. You don't
0: think of Ellen as a mother, but when you read, you know, how it tears her heart when she leaves her little one behind. Mm. Um, it just completely breaks her heart. And that mm. somebody else is is seeing all that growth and mm-hmm. and and teaching them, they're, they're teaching him. He's his first words. It's a very godly couple. They're very happy with the family they're li- uh, leaving him with, but it, it breaks her heart. Mm. Uh, I remember once she, she writes um, of in one particular place where a, a sister uh, in the faith was sitting with her in the kitchen, and <laughs> she said to her, to Ellen, oh, what a nice life you must have, traveling around, uh, giving talks, Uh, Being entertained in other people's houses instead of the drudgery of housework and mothering. Mm. What a privileged life. And for Eleanor, it was sort of a slap in the face. Mm. And she remembers just looking at the woman and thinking, if only you knew, that is where I want to be, Mm. Not not here. Um, you know, so there's a lot to swallow and, and, and keep, keep going. I think this was a hard balance for her. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't perfect. And I think she regretted some of that Mm -hmm. afterwards that she couldn't, that they couldn't have had it made another plan. Um, but yeah, that's the way they
2: Hmm. did. That's fascinating. That really is. I never kind of knew that insight that she thought having kids was kind of a exit from public ministry. And then she kind of had to keep going. Um, so what, how did James handle, you've already mentioned that he, he marries her when she's already got the prophetic gift. How does he handle being married to a prophet? Like, I'm um, obviously, he was okay with it because he married mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. but were there any ups and downs or was it just smooth sailing? Like I'm married to a prophet.
0: I don't think it was smooth sailing. I uh, I think we, we missed some of the dynamics. Yes. I think he was he was intrigued. He wanted to protect her and help her. Mm-hmm. Um, he also really valued her her judgments and her, especially her the the, the guidance that came mm-hmm. through her visions for for God's work. So, having a, a job outside of the the home was something unknown. Having a woman that spoke in public was also something strange. People often used to, when she started speaking at a, a, an appointment, they would often pass up a little paper uh, with the Bible text, a woman should be, uh, should not teach a man, uh, you know, the New Testament quote. And then James or one of the other men would get up and explain that quote before she got to speak. Hmm. So it was sort of countercultural. Uh, a man was definitely the head of his house, Mm. and household yeah, yeah, and having a woman that drew so much attention was tough for James at times Mm. and there were occasions where he swallowed hard and it must have been quite a thing for his ego as well yeah on occasions they would speak together Mm -hmm. they they normally had their ministry together but there are a few occasions where he would preach in one location and she would preach in another like at a camp meeting Mm -hmm. or something And then everyone would turn over to Ellen's meetings to hear Ellen speak. And uh, James was left with almost no audience. Oh, wow. And so that must have been. (laughs) When you're a seminar
2: speaker at an event,
0: that must have been.
2: Yeah. Wow. So it's almost a constant, not battle or struggle, it's a constant challenge.
0: Yeah. A constant readjustment that had to take place. Mm -hmm. As, As Ellen's popularity or ministry spread, Uh, It was for James as well. He had to keep readjusting and they had to keep finding their roles. Ellen grew more. um, She grew as a person and Mm -hmm. she matured and she became more uh, secure in herself and in her ministry, which required adjustments on James' part. Later on, when James was sick, when he had his strokes, etc., again, the roles changed and Ellen became the nurse and the protector Mm. and the motivator. And all of that requires adjusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we've looked at how they got together. We've looked at early married life. We looked at some of the challenges, how James handles being married to a prophet. And maybe we've covered this question already as well. How how was traveling as a ministry couple blending with family life handled? I guess we kind of looked at that. They kind of left the kids behind. Mm -hmm. What about when the kids got older though? Did they ever like start traveling with them or was it? Just kind of a standard thing that they left the kids with friends as
0: Uh, they they traveled. They left Henry and by the time uh, when and Edson, they left as well um, quite a bit. But then things started to settle down. By the time in the 50s, by the time they moved to Battle Creek, they got their first house and they brought their boys and they by then... um, Willie was also born, okay. and they had. Then she had more help. The church was starting to form;
3: mm-hmm, um, str- things
0: were more organized, and they could finally have a home life
3: mm.
0: as well. And and James was involved in in publication. We have the the printing press, the Review and Herald, beginning. So it's more regular hours. Okay, um, and and so we have the beginnings, and I think that made things easier like
2: when the organization starts and Mm -hmm. they start working for the church Mm -hmm. it was slightly easier maybe yes okay
0: organization makes everything easier. it does right down to to home life i'd say
2: yeah okay so we're gonna take a short break here we're gonna look at a little bit more about how many kids they had how ellen white dealt with some of the challenge she had as her kids reached adolescence or their teenage years and then maybe delve into a little bit about i think maybe they may have separated for a while i don't know we'll live live separately that's something that i've heard so we'll kind of throw that out there and see see if that's true but really appreciate uh you sharing with us this first half of the podcast do stick with us we're just going to take a short break and come back in just a moment to finish off our subject on ellen and james white's marriage
1: lineage is a non organization kept running by generous donors like you support us today on patreon.com forward slash lineage journey
4: History shapes identity. Identity shapes mission. And a clear mission determines the trajectory of your future. Knowing where you come from is key to understanding your present purpose and your future mission. Linear's Journey is a series of videos that will take you on a journey through time, discovering the key people and events that have shaped the Christian faith. From the Waldenses to Martin Luther to Zwingli, from England to France, Switzerland to Germany, The light broke over the horizon of Europe piercing through the dark ages and then spread out over the world. As the United States of America rose to supremacy Christianity formed the bedrock of this great nation and so from the great awakening to the great disappointment and beyond lineage follows the journey of God's church throughout time immersing you in the places the stories and the people through whom Christianity has shone the brightest. Join us on a journey through time. Follow us On social media at Lineage Journey or check out our website at lineagejourney.com. Lineage Journey not only produces video content, but instructive and illuminating resources to teach young and old about Christian history. Lineage has produced an educational coloring book for people of all ages. It includes original artwork from Ashley Bloom highlighting the various heroes of the Reformation. Each scene has a matching story and there are also QR codes to connect you to the website for more information and to watch the videos. There are also fun facts and memorable quotes to accompany the scenes to color in. Designed for young and old alike, get your copy now at linear's
2: like to welcome you back to our lineage journey podcast here with Chantel Klingbile we're going into the subject of james and ellen white's marriage so we've looked at kind of the early part of their marriage and ministry starting as a couple let's go back to the kids uh, you've mentioned a couple of their kids already but how many children did james and ellen white have
0: they had four boys okay they had henry and then edson james edson actually mm-hmm. but just edson and then they had william or willie And then they had little John Herbert. Okay. And we don't know much about John Herbert because he died at 12 weeks of of age. So he was just a little guy. We don't have any photographs of him either. So he died in 1860. And three years later, that was a really devastating blow for the family. I mean, this one was tough. Mm -hmm. Losing a a Mm three-month-old baby is tough. Uh, Ellen writes about you know how her heart broke as she followed the little little casket. Mm. Um, it's very touching, actually. And then uh, we have Henry getting sick, the sixteen-year-old
3: mm. Henry
0: getting sick, and and he gets a, a pneumonia very quickly, and he dies. Uh, he's was visiting friends at the time, but his parents managed to get to him, and he dies in James's arms. Wow. Um, it's yeah, it's it's pretty dramatic. It's it's also kind of uh, I find it very touching when when Henry knows he's dying um, and he dictates a, a letter that gets read to all his friends in Battle Creek, uh, encouraging them to 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 give their hearts to Jesus. He acknowledges that you know he hasn't always been the best influence. Apparently, Henry was a, a very um, friendly kind of a guy. He enjoyed fun. He enjoyed music. He enjoyed being with his friends. And he sometimes wasn't as a good an influence as he should have been. Mm. Uh and so he he writes to his friends and you know, sort of I think it's pretty dramatic when your 16 year old friend says, you know, when you're in my position, think about what really counts and live your life this way. But what I find really touching is he says to his mom and dad, he says, I'm dying, I'm ready. I know I'll get to see Jesus, but I have a request. Bury me, please, next to my little brother.
3: Oh, wow. Back at
0: Battle Creek, because when Jesus comes, my little brother needs to have someone right there to to help him. Wow. He was obviously thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, Jesus would come before his parents died. And mm. so he wanted to be the good big brother to to his little brother. Oh, wow. That's as sort of a, a last wish. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and then there was the two surviving boys were edson Willie, and and, and, Willie. Edson and Willie. Mm-hmm.
2: okay, so we actually did a lineage episode on 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 um Henry's death, but we mm. also did one on Edson or mm. James Edson,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he wasn't always a good boy <laughs> <laughs> to use today's terminology, so yeah. he he kind of is a little bit wayward, maybe just share a little bit oh, about that, and he's
0: a little bit lot. Wayward. Okay. Um. I think he must have been quite the, the the, the, the problem child for his parents.
2: He's a PK pastor's kid,
0: mm, and preacher's kid, preacher's kid, prophet's, prophet's kid. kid. Okay, we can't really blame him because he was really he ha- living in a kind that, of a, yeah. a kind of a bubble. Uh, but he did make his own choices.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: he was he had all of his father's he had a lot of his father, which probably led to to clashes between the two of them okay. as for far as temperament is concerned he was also very interested in the 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 printing business uh he looked at good ways of of making money Mm -hmm. Uh, that's something that james could also do Mm -hmm. but james would turn that all over to 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 the cause Mm -hmm. whereas uh, edson didn't have always selfless motivations Uh... and his monetary schemes um yeah he at one point edson discovered that maybe being a white you know, part of the white family, it could be used to your advantage, and became a source of embarrassment for his parents. Uh, he would um, go into a place and um, make it known who he was, and immediately people would be very impressed. The other Adventist believers, and he would say that he wants to start some or another project, and he's looking for investment, and people would. Invest with him, mm-hmm. and invariably the project would sink, and Edson would skip town. And then the Advent folks would write to Ellen and James and say, you know, we'd like our money Bail back. Us out. Yeah. yeah, and so it, it, he he was a plain embarrassment for them. Wow! And he led to conflict between Ellen and James because they had differing parenting styles as well, huh. especially with this adult young man. Uh, Ellen, believe it or not, was more inclined to say. Um, well, l- l- let's bail him out this time and, and, and you and know, think about speak, next time. speak to his heart that he doesn't do it again. And James was more of, well, he made his bed, let him sleep in it. So this was, yeah, hmm. led, led to tension. How old is he
2: at this point? Hmm. He's in his 20s probably? He,
0: or? 20s. Into his 30s, um, he had a big fallout with the Review and Herald Publishing Association about copyrights, Uh uh, and that was really messy. He Uh wanted to sue them. Wow. Um, You can imagine how the tabloids picked up on that one, you know. Um, So he was a real embarrassment. Actually, by the time James dies in 1881, they are not reconciled.
2: Really? Yeah. Yeah. So huh.
0: a real problem, a real problem child in hmm. in that way, and so it's
2: not just like teenage rebellion no, it goes into his adult und- life. He's married by now as well. he's married, probably? okay, yeah, he
0: marries against his parents' wishes. He marries young. they don't have anything against his wife mm-hmm. um uh, Emma's a, she's a wonderful she's a wonderful woman um I think she does him good, but they say you're just not mature enough for for the responsibilities. Uh, and they were probably right about that. Uh, Ellen, she spent years and years and years praying for her son. I mean, I think for a lot of parents today that are worried about mm-hmm. their kids, I think Ellen and James would be able to identify with him. Mm. Uh, he is in his 40s. I believe he's 44, 43, 44, before he's finally converted. Wow. Um, that's
2: like yeah. 20, 30 years of his
3: life. That yeah, just that's wayward. wasted.
0: When he is converted, he applies all that energy. And I know you you spoke about the tremendous work he does as yeah. as a missionary, really, a, a groundbreaker, pioneer in, in the work on the Mississippi. In the South with, with the, morning the Morning Star. Morning Star. Yeah. But it's a long road to, to get to that point. Okay. Ellen, Ellen so, didn't give up. That's probably that's, the good that's, news. That's
2: the, the most important thing, that she labors with her child mm-hmm. and but I find it fascinating they have different strategies of mm-hmm. or different ideas of how to deal with their son. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the father's a bit more hardline. she's a little bit more
0: I guess more motherly. More motherly, <laughs>
2: but uh she she's able to bring him around. Um, or God is able to yes. bring him around through through them. So so this is like one challenge they obviously have in their marriage, but there's 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 another one because James doesn't he he gets sick as well, mm-hmm. or has a stroke if I'm correct.
0: Mm-hmm. James actually has several strokes. Um and some of them take a long time for him to recover from. Mm. At, at times, they think he won't recover, that his okay. health is absolutely broken. And I think mm, eh, doctors are, are more aware of it today, and they probably warn patients and the family of patients of the stroke. Uh, even if they recover well physically, sometimes a stroke also affects a person's personality. yeah. And this, was, of course, wasn't known, but mm-hmm. it definitely was the case with James. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became very, very irritated. Um, Ellen writes at one point that she, he, it's very trying. He's, he's still recovering. He wants her with him all the time. He, he, he wants her. When she leaves the room, he's like, where is she? Where is she? Mm-hmm. But when she's in the room, the clicking of her knitting needles drives him crazy.
3: Mm, she can't random, do anything. Things, yeah.
0: She just uh, she's got to just sit there. Um he, he has he's he's suddenly very suspicious. Everybody's plotting against him, and there's all sorts of personality issues that that he has and and these swings in mood, um, that, that they've got to cope with. And Ellen is completely puzzled.
2: And this is before people know about mm-hmm. What you say, like you say, yeah, the reactions the, 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 that these things are reality and how to deal with it and all mm-hmm. that. So she's kind of fighting. She's in the dark.
0: really puzzled, really, really puzzled. And you'd often take out his frustrations on her as mm-hmm. well, you know, his irritations and, and that kind of a thing. Uh, she, she confines in her best friend, uh, Lucinda Hall. She says, um, You know, I love, I love James. I know that I love him, but sometimes I really can't understand him. I don't know why he is behaving like he is behaving. Mm. Uh, she's completely perplexed. I mean, she pours her heart out. It's it's they, They're they facing a real tough time in their marriage. Uh, afterwards, she feels bad about it, and she says to up, please burn those letters that oh, really? I sent to you. they didn't. She
3: doesn't. That's why and,
0: <laughs> and that's why we got them. And I'm kind of glad that, yeah. that we've got them. Of course, it does lead to a lot of rumors
3: mm.
0: but I'm, I'm glad we've got them
2: so so a the, the lucinda letters mm-hmm. but then i've also heard that there's talk that they separated
0: yeah i would say it, maybe that's a little dramatic in our and that's what i heard, lot-
2: but, but maybe unpack that as to what, yeah.
0: Yeah. Our I- idea of separation is you you, so kind not, of, you okay. move out and, yeah. you know, with the mind to divorce.
2: Yeah.
0: um I would say they took time out, if you okay. could call it that. So they didn't
2: separate as we understand it. Today. No. Okay.
0: Uh, there were times where they just couldn't get along. Mm-hmm. And then they they split and went on working. I went on a,
3: Work a camp
0: meeting to okay. a, a route or, or whatever else. I find it very interesting that at this time, if anybody, this is just an aside, but if anybody thinks that James was somehow manipulating Ellen into her visions and that the two of them were in some big hoax together, I mm. find this most revealing. <laughs> this letters keep coming and going while they are, your quotation, separated, while they're working in different areas. Um, and Ellen's giving James advice, wifely advice, you know, you need to take care of your health. You need to be doing this. Are you eating right? Are you getting enough sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it drives, it drives James crazy. And he says, he writes back and he says, I have a good head on my shoulders and I plan on using it. I don't need your advice all the time. Um, but then he, after, you know, really laying this out, he says something very telling. He says, I, you know, I don't want to hear anything more about, you know, you telling me how to run my life. Unless you have a revelation from God, then please don't withhold it. I want to
3: know. Uh-huh.
0: I think that's pretty telling that even when you're, you're upset with your wife, uh-huh. you're irritated with your wife, but you could he could differentiate between Ellen, the wife, and Ellen, the prophet, and he still had respect for Ellen the prophet.
2: That's a key mm-hmm. to the success of their marriage in many ways. Mm-hmm. That he's,
3: mm-hmm.
2: There may be some tension or whatever, but he always recognizes mm-hmm. her prophetic mm-hmm. gift mm-hmm. and wants to hear it, no yes. matter how hard it may be. Yes.
0: I mean, God had some pretty, some pretty uh, straight testimonies for, for James that he didn't always manage to, to follow. He'd try and slip back especially when it came to his workload and him his workaholic nature and not de- you know not delegating enough etc um so he got some pointed messages that if he had applied would probably have been more more helpful to to lengthen his service
2: so just to reiterate they didn't separate as we understand mm-hmm. today no they had maybe some tension Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would go on, like you said, preaching trips. She would stay at home, things like that. But it wasn't like we understand it today. So yes, but we do understand they
0: they decided that they couldn't work together mm-hmm. as they had in the past,
2: and it was best for us
0: for a time period that sort of time outs were were good. Yeah. They were healing for okay. for both of them, in view of what James had been through with his strokes. Sure, sure. And the rec- when when he recovered, they would find their, their sink again and and work as a, a now during team. this time
2: apart, would they write letters to each other? Oh yes,
0: what yeah. I just spoke about oh, sure. was the letter. The letters came thick and fast, mm. and it, despite this um, tension, there's there's these overtones. There's a deep love that's still there. Um, Ellen is traveling with 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 Willie at at one point, and James mm. writes to Willie saying. Make sure that your that your mother is uh, you know, is is warm and has a has a decent um, winter cloak. Don't hmm. let her skimp on it because she will uh. go for a cheap thing. Don't don't let her skimp, make sure that she's that she's that she's warm and, and that she can stay well. So there's these these little tokens of affection still, a, a deep love and concern for each other, even in these situations still.
2: Okay. So I want ask the question deals with James and Ellen White in particular, because they wrote, Ellen White wrote Adventist Home. It's mm-hmm. used today by a lot of people to talk mm-hmm. about how you should have the best home. Mm-hmm. She wrote mm-hmm. Child Guidance. And mm-hmm. so she wrote books that people read today and try to emulate. Mm-hmm. In a sense, the proper way to have a, a Christian home, the proper mm-hmm. way to raise mm-hmm. children, the proper mm-hmm. way to have a marriage and and all these types mm-hmm. of things. And and yet, from what we've talked about, it seems that it seems that their marriage wasn't perfect, or their kids weren't all great, and and they had challenges that we would not think that they had. So, how do we reconcile that with the fact that she's a prophet and mm-hmm. and and the words that she wrote were inspired and so on? Like, how do we?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I find it fascinating, and I, I think it's I think it's easy to reconcile mm-hmm. in my mind, but not mm-hmm. maybe not for everyone who's listening. So
0: yeah i i think maybe we have this idea of of a sterile kind of clinical prophet or mm-hmm. prophecy uh as if biblical prophets weren't real people mm. with real issues
3: mm-hmm. Just like, uh, it, yeah it
0: doesn't diminish the message
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh the messenger doesn't diminish the message these are principles that are there for all times um some of the stu- uh, the, the 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 advice she gives is hard hard learned and earned um for instance when she speaks about the, the 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 diet of a child and how important it is and how it helps when you are raising your child on good healthy food uh it helps with the child's uh behavior and and sleep and all the rest i mean it's pretty logic now but this wasn't an a, a, a advice she had at the time when her children were little They didn't Mm. even have the health message yet at that time. So a lot of the things that she writes about are in retrospect, where she looks back and applies things. Uh, Somehow, when she's dealt with these issues herself, uh, I can take her advice somewhat, uh, I I take it closer to heart. Mm. I I find it more encouraging.
2: Yeah, The point you just mentioned, I think that was fascinating or really enlightening because, like you say, she was raising kids before she in a sense, had some of the insights that she mm-hmm, shares on mm-hmm, health and how to raise mm-hmm. kids that other people benefit from. So Exactly. yeah.
0: And that's in many cases uh, that she looks back on her experience combined by these, these biblical principles that are becoming brighter and, and shining out more clearly as God is revealing more throughout her, her long ministry. Hmm. So it's that, that combination of personal experiences and more light that Mm. she's combining in the counsels that she's giving to individuals, to families, Mm -hmm. to two people.
2: I think you shared once as well um, about kind of the challenges they faced in their marriage Mm -hmm. Mm or the challenges they faced are similar to challenges people face today Mm -hmm. that often leads to divorce, but yet Mm
0: -hmm. they didn't. Yeah, I find that so fascinating. As I look back, uh, apparently today you can predict – Um, Whether or not your marriage or rather say what chances your marriage has of surviving by several factors. And if your marriage faces these certain factors, Mm -hmm. it it counts against your marriage surviving. And the odds become higher and higher of your marriage not surviving. Uh, These factors are um, financial challenges.
3: Okay, so financial issues.
0: Financial issues. Ellen and James had that more than once, mm-hmm. big financial issues. Death of a child. When you're a child, when you lose a child, you think it would bring you together. But that's one of the big factors in, in divorce. divorce today because people mourn differently.
3: And they, had two, and uh, they
0: pull, pull apart, actually, mm. through it. And they had two deaths two death. that they faced. Um, the, the other big issue is change of roles. In in a marriage, mm. where you have uh, a husband that is suddenly unemployed, or a wife that is employed where husband used to be employed, or wife gets a promotion that the husband doesn't get, mm. or husband gets a promotion and moves in, you know, so mm-hmm. those put stresses on a marriage. Ellen and James had that
3: a lot yeah. and a lot, yeah,
0: in in a way that's unique. I think mm-hmm. uh, not all of us have the role of prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, he was general conference president. Uh, at time, at, at a time, he was definitely a church leader and founder. It, it, there was these continual role changes that they faced. And then, of course, um, sickness. A major sickness uh, uh, is, is a big stressor on a marriage, uh, especially a life-threatening sickness is a big stressor. And Ellen and James faced a lot of life-threatening uh, sicknesses in their family. And then, of course, we think of James' strokes, uh, Ellen had her share of, of bad, bad health as well. So that definitely put a stress on the marriage. The only thing that they didn't have uh, is marital unfaithfulness. Those hmm. are the, 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 the things that cause divorce today. And out of the five things, Ellen and James had four in abundance. And yet their marriage survived. Hmm. And didn't only survive, it thrived. Hmm. I think they're, off, they're I can't think of another couple that had a blended ministry that contributed so significantly to, to the, God's work. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think of a biblical couple sort of offhand. Yeah. Um, it was really tremendous the way God used them as a couple, mm. not only as individuals. It's
2: true, because it wasn't just the one of them. Mm-hmm. Both working together to their strength with tension, but
0: they worked through pressing
2: it. through the obstacles and, that they
0: had. And I, I love the fact that even though she was a prophet, there was no easy way... The same thing is for Ellen and James, when they accepted the Sabbath, it wasn't through Ellen's vision. They mm-hmm. had to do yeah. it like you and I. Study the Bible. They had to study the Bible and yeah. come to it. When they faced marital challenges, they didn't get a vision to tell them how to solve it. They
3: had to just walk through it. They had to it.
0: pray, work, compromise, um, say, I'm sorry, try again. They had to do things the way you and I have to do them. The same with their parenting. They didn't get all the answers. They had to wrestle on their knees. They had to cry. They had to say, why? What am I doing wrong? How can I do this better? How can I reach my child? They had to do it the same way mm-hmm. we
2: did. I think that's what we should really take comfort in because they, mm-hmm. they didn't have the perfect marriage. No. They didn't have, they weren't perfect parents. They had huge issues, but they didn't have an advantage in a sense of you got an issue with your son and God like has a bloodless handwriting on the wall telling them exactly what to do they've got to kind of work through these things and I think that's really encouraging because
0: the same God that brought them through their challenges Mm -hmm. can bring us through their challenges with the added advantage of the counsel that we now have it's true to help us and make that process easier we have their experience plus their counsel exactly
2: so I find that really encouraging and I think a lot of people are going to find that encouraging who are listening whether they're parents or, Mm -hmm. or, or, or not but if we were to just kind of big picture glance back as, as we come to a close, what would you say is maybe a favorite story you have from their marriage that kind of, anything that kind of, you just like that particular episode or how they dealt with a certain issue or?
0: Well, we don't think of it often, but there was humor in their relationship okay. as well. And I think uh, it would
2: have to be to go through the challenges
0: that they went through. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. That there were, every now and again, there's these little little moments of, of humor that, that, that flashes out, mm. you know. Um, you know, there's the story of she enjoyed really making uh, rag carpets. Okay. And um, the place would be a mess when she was making rag car- carpets because there's little bits of rag all over. Mm-hmm. And then you, you sew them together and you sew them together. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. a big job. And, and James just didn't appreciate that hobby. Hmm. He didn't appreciate it much, but he tolerated it because mm-hmm. that's something that she really enjoyed doing uh but at one time at one point he he she was doing her rag carpet thing again, and he came up the 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 walkway to the house singing a hymn that he had adapted. You know, it was a hymn about heaven, mm-hmm. and um, and he had adapted the words, and he was singing loud and heartily. In heaven, there'll be no more rag carpets, no more <laughs> rag carpets, and um, and and so Ellen started laughing. And it's funny enough, but it was shortly after that that Ellen changed her hobby to knitting oh, really? and gave up the rag <laughs> carpets. But there were these, you know, you have uh-huh. these little these little moments. It wasn't all solemn and serious.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think they they had a humor. And you have James saying that Ellen's his crown of rejoicing, and Ellen says he's the best man who ever trod on on, on shoe, shoe leather. leather. Uh and these these little these little overtones, this these cute little little moments, also in letters where she speaks about how much she misses him mm. and how how cold her bed is when he's not there, mm. uh, and, and there's, there's a her. kind of yeah. warmth that mm-hmm. you that you. Can miss and I, 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 like seeing little glimpses
3: of
2: that. Hmm. So they kind of had a bit of everything in their marriage, mm-hmm. in some ways. But I think, yeah, I appreciate those stories and, and sharing the, and we really appreciate you sharing that the the human side of, and I think that's what a lot of people miss the human side of of, of we don't really see that so much in, in biblical writers, but with mm-hmm. Ellen and James White because they didn't live so long ago. We do have a lot of records as to how they how they lived their lives and the challenges that they faced and and, oh. and so on. Oh, you got something I, else? I just
0: remembered another really cute story. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this is when they were older, and both James and Ellen had false teeth uh, at this time. And they were on a tour, and they were visiting. It was cold, cold winter, and they were put in this guest room, and it was so cold, they both had taken their teeth out and put it in, <laughs> in, in glasses of uh-huh. water. And the next mo- morning, apparently, when they wanted to put in their teeth, it was frozen solid. And so there, um, it's reported that she says, "Your father and I had a good laugh as we both stood with our, our glass with our teeth in, and and couldn't and couldn't couldn't put our teeth in until uh, they defrosted." And so I, I think it's a super. She writes to <laughs> her kids about <laughs> it. The two of them standing there laughing and laughing, toothless, and laughing and waiting to defrost their teeth so that they could uh, be presentable and go out in, pro- in public.
2: I could just imagine that'd be funny just now. Um, just dealing with that so i really appreciate you sharing the the human side the, the funny side the challenging side the marital problems that they had um with james and ellen white it really brings to life the character of ellen white you know too often people use ellen white and say ellen white said and they use her as a stick to beat people with but there's really a human side to her and we really have to see her holistic life and holistic ministry as well. So really appreciate you sharing from your expertise and your background and your, your, um, your research into her life. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: And those of you who've been listening, thank you for joining us on the lineage journey podcast. We hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you and that it's helped you in your understanding of prophets and the gift of prophecy and how all those things interact and play a part more information go to lineagejourney.com and you can find more research more videos and more articles there thank you and thanks for joining us
1: thank you for listening we hope that you enjoyed this episode lineage journey is supported by your generous donations did you know that you can donate on a monthly basis any amount from two dollars to a hundred or whatever you decide through patreon.com forward slash lineage journey Your donations go towards the cost of producing our varied content and we thank you for your support.